Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, folks? It's the conveying edition of Hitting the High Notes. Jazz talking his eye. I am here, the voice in your ear holes right now. You can follow me on the Twitterverse at who trans Superman is H U U T R N Superman, or I'm uh, you know at Jazz High Notes number two. If you feel like you just want more jazz content, um, uh, my my main Twitter account is really all over the place. It could be anything. So, um, uh, you know what? We left Dragon Squatch. We left Go to This Is Fortnite. We left Jake the Links. Um, uh, they're all just some um, uh, back in 2023. Just not here today though. Not here today. They they they're not left forever. So, uh, we needed some highlights. We needed some highlighter highlights. And, of course, the host of the Highlighter Highlights, Alma Bean. What's up, Alma? It's going good, you know. Just another day of jazz basketball, a lot of uncertainty. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's we thought that we were going to leave that in 2023, but uh, here we are in the new year. <laughs> same old jazz, same old uncertainty. Right. And, uh, and we were talking about, because, like, you, you just got back. I'm a... Uh, I mean, I was there too, I guess, but um, uh, you were there for the whole game. Uh, you just got back from Detroit, Utah. Um, uh, it is uh, the, the 3rd of January. Um, a histor- another historic game for the Utah Jazz, 154-148. Um, uh, a combined 300 points uh, for, for the teams here. Um, you know, an overtime game. A uh, fun game. I mean, it featured featured a couple of former jazz men. Um, uh, you know, Alec Burks, Bojan Bogdanovic on on, on uh, of course Bogey on Detroit. The Jazz. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the game after JC's triple double, finally breaking the streak after uh, fifteen years. Uh, Carlos Boozer. I'm uh, no longer popping the the champagne every every time a triple double doesn't happen. Um, so you were there. Anything that you you feel like you should mention from um, uh, the game against the, the Pistons? So I think it's funny to mention that tonight's game was the Junior Jazz night. So they were highlighting all the Junior Jazz players, and they went ahead and brought some Junior Jazz alum uh, that have gone on to bigger and better things. But if you watch tonight's game, it kind of represented Junior <laughs> Jazz basketball, a whole lot of what a metaphor. Uh, shots, uh, whether they were good three-point shots or just driving into the lane while you're covered by two defenders. And uh, that's a word that you probably didn't see a lot for this game, too, is just defenders. It was just some lackluster defense, which is why you got a lot of high scoring. So if you put all those elements together, I mean, the Jazz were honoring the junior Jazz. Barely any sort of defense for either team and just a lot of shots, whether they were good or not. Uh, But overall, I think that a lot of people are not paying attention to Simone Fontecchio he has been playing great basketball as of late, uh, especially ever since he's been in the starting lineup. And just the last two games alone, phenomenal games, but overshadowed by Jordan Clarkson's performances. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, I mean, you look at the guy, if I'm not mistaken, over the last two games, he's averaging like 20 points, like six or seven rebounds a game. And, and, and playing D. And like, his defense yeah. is great. He's the small four that they've been looking for for you know the first third of the season. And... Um, you know, this is I, I've tweeted out, and now this is the formal on podcast apology to uh, Simone Fontecchio hitting the high note. Me especially, you know, who tran here uh, apologizes. I thought Simone was, and you know, I, I, we did this podcast last week, and uh, Jared and I we talked about guys that surprise us or not you know, what we think about the guys now than we did at the beginning of the season. And Simone, by far, is just 
I thought he was going to be. I, I thought okay, cool. The Jazz were off his contract this year. He'll be gone back to Europe or wherever he played uh, beforehand. And now I'm just like, oh boy, Simone's going to be a, a hot free agent. He's going to mm-hmm. probably make a, a mid level exception. Um, the Jazz are going to have to try to try to keep him or or do something because. Yeah, he's you know you and I were talking before the podcast about how the Jazz have a whole bunch of guys that are options expiring, um, are, are not going to be here, um, and we'll get to that in, in just a minute. But uh, yeah, Simone uh, having having a, a real good impact. Uh, I like the starting lineups that they've been putting out. I know a lot of people are really mad about you know Walker not playing or starting. But he's been playing a lot better coming off the bench, arguably. I mean, even yeah, tonight I, he had, I, what, eight points, eight rebounds, and six blocks? He he, he saw J.C. go for the triple-double. He was going to try to go for the triple-double with blocks. Um, like we can't talk about Jordan Clarkson now. That's old news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, I don't hate, like, look, I uh, when I say I think Walker, like guys like Walker Kessler and Ochai Agbaji are overhyped by Jazz fans, it does not mean I think they are bad players. Mm-hmm. But I do think that Walker has some limitations, uh, especially if you can play at center spot. Like he plays like a center from twenty ten, uh, which is which is fine. But like it's not someone that you want to build around. Uh, I you know the comp I gave him last year was Stephen Adams. I still think Stephen Adams is still a good comp. Um, and I mean, and that's no knock on him either. I right? Mean, Stephen Adams is a great think, center, yeah. but you're talking about an an NBA. Mm-hmm. That now you have to be able to be a threat on all levels, right. no matter what position and, uh, you yeah, are like, deemed at. Like, like, like the reason that Joel Embiid and and Nikola Jokic are like those guys are revolution in the center position because they do things um, that just traditional centers aren't are not doing. So, uh, not yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to knock Walker Kessler. I'm just you know the people beating the drum for him. And look, I you know the Jazz defense was a layup line when he was not on there, but it also wasn't like. It wasn't suffocating, you know, when when he was on there. Like it was, it was better, um, but you know, guys had to play certain minutes. Like we're in the thirtieth game uh, of the season, um, you know, you know, guys aren't gonna be playing forty eight minutes a game. So even though uh, my my coworker and I, Sam Sam and I, were t- like f- four blocks. In, I thought he should have five blocks in the first quarter. Number one, agreed. Um, but they get four blocks in the first quarter. We're like, oh boy, like you know, if he just like. Keep him in. Let's let's see if he gets you know get those blocks. Like I I thought it'd been hilarious if he would have got blocks and rebounds and double, the double double from blocks and rebounds and then you know struggle to get that tenth point. But um, yeah, good game. I mean, look, look like the Jazz that we're watching now on, on January third, uh, just much different than the Jazz that we we're watching pre December third, uh, just a month ago. And even analytics back that up. Yeah. I mean, if if I read the report correctly, just since I think it was mid December to now. The Jazz have the fourth best defensive rating yeah. amongst all teams, which is weird. Uh, yeah, because I, I don't know if I I don't I don't see where you saw that, but <laughs> uh, it was uh, I don't know if you follow the page on uh, X Twitter, whatever you want to call it. We just uh, call it Twitter here. We don't we don't we don't, <laughs> we don't believe in the X. We're, we're not doing the PC thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I believe that their handle is NBA University. They do a lot of great deep advanced analy- analytics that I love to look at, and they really dive deep into a lot of different things and they've been focusing a lot on the utah jazz as of late so it's giving me a lot of content for (laughs) good my stuff so the highlighter highlights and out of the hive plug yourself man you know get get, get those numbers i mean between both of those between (laughs) the hive sports and putting my own opinions out with highlighter highlights 
And on your own Twitter account. So Yeah, and, and, and my own Twitter account. See, look at you helping me plug um, myself. I'm a bean twenty-three. I will be twenty-three. <laughs> uh so yeah, like, like so that, that that's crazy here because like their defense looks like not the fourth rated defense tonight. It looks like junior jazz basketball. It, it hasn't, it hasn't <laughs> I mean like just through the eye test, it hasn't looked that great in the past. But but they they won like seven of their last eleven games, something like that. They, Somewhere around there. They, they they're on a win streak. They uh, they beat the Heat at home when nobody thought they could beat the Heat. Uh, they, they're, you know, I, I know it sucks to, I, you know, there are people disappointed that they only beat the Pistons by six in overtime. You know, NBA teams are NBA teams. Like, do I think Detroit, the Detroit Pistons are the, you know, a 28, like I, I think Kate Cunningham said, we're not a 27 game losing streak team. They're, they weren't. They, they had a lot of close games. Uh, they had a lot of things just kind of go wrong and it snowballs and that, that stuff happens. Um, you know, it's it's just it was kind of an aberration to lose twenty eight in a row. Like they probably should have won a couple of those in, in that. I, I'm not saying they're good. Like I get it, they're not good. But it's an eighty two game season. Right. Like these yeah. teams are going to get their wins, whether they're a good team or not. Right. But look, look at the Jazz last year. Yeah, they, they came out. They came out. Thought we're supposed to be hot garbage, and they weren't. Um, I mean, shoot, at the beginning of the season, what, for the first 18 games, they were the number uh, one yeah. team in the West, and right. everyone was like, how could they do this? They don't have a legitimate star. Yeah, so. Uh, uh, but, I mean, even with Detroit coming into this game, uh, from their previous matchup, from uh, when they played Utah in Detroit right. to now, their point differential over those games was minus 7.3. <coughs> so, it was deemed to be a close game. Granted, within that span of games, they had two games where they had lost by double-digit points, and I think even like their previous game, they lost by like 20-something points. So even for the fact that from their previous game against Utah to now, they had a minus 7.3 point differential, that should go ahead and show a lot of fans that this Detroit team can be very competitive, and they should be a team that you shouldn't just put off to the side because of their... Now three and thirty-one records. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, and I think we probably spent probably more time on this game than I wanted to anyway. But uh, you know, hey, the Jazz still get a good win out of it. Um, some guy, you know, JC looked good. Colin looked good. Uh, uh, Lowry um, uh, at times looked pretty good. Walker Kessler had a good game. So uh, again, the Jazz looked like you know just from you know a month and a half ago. People were so down. People were not happy. Uh, and the Jazz were still filling out the stadium. Like, that stadium tonight was 90 95% filled. Um, It'll probably still be slated as a sold-out game. It's just who was actually <laughs> able to get there or not. Right. I mean, I mean look, it's, it's, whether, I mean it's, it was still a pretty filled game. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. Like, lower bowl was all full. It was, it was a good game. So, uh, congrats to the Jazz. Um, and I guess the one person I thought didn't play very well today. I mean, Kelly Olenek will have him up and down, but uh, John Collins, I thought it was just me. John Collins went ahead and did John Collins things, whether or not it's <laughs> like deemed good or not. Yeah. Like, I feel like even though he's not like star, like right. that people were wanting him to be, I feel like he's still like filling out his role right. as he yeah. can. I mean, so. he still had 17 points tonight. Hey, very quietly. Like, yeah, I mean, very quietly. There was that stretch points. where he was like just checking out threes and he hit one out of like four. I was like, I was like these are weird threes. Like they, they weren't they weren't corner threes. They were uh, on the uh, the angle. All, all around the wing. Yeah, I was, I was like, okay, like weird. But, but you know. now even with this game, yeah. like it does not make me feel yeah. confident for them going on the road. Right, taking yeah. on Boston, right, yeah, yeah. Philly, Milwaukee. Those are going to be some interesting hey. games to watch and you'll probably see I believe jazz twitter folks, freak out i believe process. folks um uh, you know I, but again i i'm not the results this year have not mattered to me <laughs> they will continue not to be mattered to me in the next three games wins are wins are nice losses will not bother me 
Um, but like, let's get to the main event. Let's let's see what we're really about to talk about here today is um, uh, um, you know, a lot of talk on the Twitterverse that I've seen is about the Jazz pick right now. The Jazz, uh, I, I don't know what it is it was before the game, uh, was tied for eleventh worth worst odds in the the uh, Tankathon. So basically, like today, the Jazz or before the game today, the Jazz had a chance to a coin flip, either give the pick to the OKC Thunder or keep it. So uh, for those who don't know, if you're living on the rock, the Jazz traded um, a first-round pick. This is the first-round pick they traded with the Derek Favors trade, dumping the salary. Um, so they owe a draft pick to to the OKC Thunder if it's some uh, one um, – unless the Jazz finish uh, as one of the 10 worst teams, basically. So – um, so there's a lot of a lot of talk from you know from all all the jazz fans that you know talking about it. I, I threw the tweet out, uh, probably about my, my most popular tweet that I've had uh, in years. Um, you know, should the jazz convey the pick? Are you pro convey, anti convey, and what are the pros or cons? Um, I text Alma last night, just gets you know kind of get his thought process uh, flowing, and I think you're in the camp. I think I think 75, 80 percent, maybe even higher of jazz fans on Twitter um, are. Pro convey, pro give the pick to OKC, um, and you know, what are your some of your reasons that you 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 want to convey the pick to Oklahoma City this year? So the reason why I want to is because I mean, to be fair, with the roster that Utah currently has, there's only I want to say maybe two or three guys that are currently on the roster that are within rotation that will go ahead and potentially be off the roster because they're. Their contracts are expiring, so there's not really a lot to negotiate there. And these are guys that have maybe three, four million dollar contracts. So yeah. you're not really going to be able to let them go and get a big star. But at the same time, a lot of the comps for this upcoming 2024 draft class are all to good role players. Uh Why would I want to go ahead and keep my draft pick for a good role player? And especially if the Jazz are going to be keeping their pick, which means that it would have to be 1 through 10. If I'm getting a guy at 1 through 10, I want him to go ahead and be phenomenal. And granted, people will go ahead and say for 2023, oh, Taylor Hendricks, he's that guy, or oh, he hasn't been that guy for us so far. You, You see the flashes there. But when I go ahead and see the comps, I think that the best comp I saw was for a guy that's currently on the G League Ignite, and his comp is to Franz Wagner, which I would absolutely love a player like that. But I think that's maybe the one person in the entire draft that I would be okay with having, and he's projected to be number eight. So if we don't convey the pick, that better be the guy that we get in my opinion. But if you go ahead and go to the 2025 draft, there's arguably about seven or eight players that are being compared to guys like, say, Jason Tatum or uh, Shai Gilgis Alexander when he was a draft prospect, not the SGA that we currently know now right. that is just— Because, like, that SGA fell to, like, 11 or 12 to the Clippers. So. Exactly, and when right. he was put in that Paul George trade, they were just like, oh, you can have him. Which is uh, funny because I remember when he was drafted, like, the draft the draft picks were like, whoa, this is— it's a weird pick. Yeah, like why are you taking yeah. him so early? Like you could get him in right. like twenty. And then the rookie, his rookie year, like he didn't set the world on fire, but he had a good rookie year. Yeah. And so um, it turned out to be 
pretty good. Uh, so, so if I can go ahead and get more players that have the potential, that potential? of SGA right. or a Jason Tatum, a Jalen Brown, even though people will argue about Jalen Brown, <laughs> but there are more comps for that 2025 right. draft class that are more star potential than say a Markeith Morris in 2024. Right. And 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 um, uh, you know and, uh, you know Dragon Squash Logan's out here and he. I think he and I kind of are in the same mind of this. Is that so? What, so what you're saying like the 2024 draft is a weak draft. If you're going to give up a pick, you'd rather do it in 2024 because 2025 the pick is also one through ten protected to OKC. Correct. So the Jazz would give up that pick. And, you know, if they if they made the playoffs or just barely missed that pick, which you deem is a stronger draft, um, would go to OKC. And so you know that's a fair point, and a lot a lot of other people have made. Uh, very similar uh, suggestions. I, let me look at my recent tweets. Uh, just right now, um, Jazz Bear Grills uh, said the same thing. He said the draft sucks. Uh, comparison to 23, 25, 24 is, you know, just the 10th guy in that draft is not nearly as good as the guys in 23, 25. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, that's, you know, that, that was from Jazz Bear Grills. Jay Clouser said something similar. Um and yeah, I, I get that. I get that. I get that point. Uh, so, and I'm I'm just here to play devil's advocate. I don't really have a strong opinion one way or another. Um, the draft class, draft, uh, draft classes. You know, draft NBA draft. I, I again, Logan and I have said this very. We think it's a crapshoot. Um, in a draft where, and I've seen some other people say this. This is I can't remember who said it, but he says in a, in a draft where there's not a lot of strong uh, talent up top, kind of makes it more of a flat draft. Mm-hmm. And so you, you might be able to find picks at um, 12, 14, 16. I haven't looked it up. Like this could be a, a, a draft where you find Clay Thompson at 11 and or, or, or 14 or 15 or whatever. Like you can find other players that – because most draft classes have picks. Um, it just may not be at the top. Um, you know, and, and we, we look, 2023, I was really positive that out of the top five picks that they had this year, they were going to look really good. And the only one that's really kind of panned out so far is is Wemby, um, and that that's not really a surprise. But what does surprise is that Scoot, you know, Scoot, and he's I, resurging I, at the moment. Resurging, I I thought he would be a little bit better. I I didn't think he was a set the roll of fire, but man, he's he's he's. I mean, he was off coming off the bench. I mean, it was, it was kind of the time we you know we played Detroit today. The Jazz played Detroit today. Did not see um, uh, Azar Thompson um, uh, very he, much. He was on the court and he was a body. Yeah, like you just uh, the other Thompson twin is in the G League, right? Like just or, or at least bouncing up and down between the G yeah, League. Yeah, he's he's going back and forth, which it's is mainly like you know, Cam Whitmore that's staying down in the G League right. for Houston. And 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 you know we've talked on this podcast multiple times that like if you're a top whatever pick and you're playing menace in the G League, it there is just not that many comps of top five. Eight, nine, ten picks, playing minutes in the G League and becoming legit All Star superstars, Hall of Famers. So the list is very small. Um, so the fact that you know, the, you know, the Aman Thompson is is not for the Rockets. You know, uh, a team that drafted very high, and then uh, Brandon Miller, but you know, Charlotte's been mid. He's been quiet. Uh, Gordon Hayward probably starting or at least pushing him for minutes mm-hmm. um, there. Uh, you know, a team that. You know, looks just so lost. <laughs> you know, they have, they have a lot of young talent, doesn't mesh together. I don't know what they're doing, but yeah. So I mean, I thought three, four of those top five picks were going to be just off the get go, just really amazing. Um, and so yeah, there's concerns. And so, I mean, if I if you had to choose right now between the 2022 draft and 2023 draft, 
Yeah, twenty twenty draft probably looks a lot stronger than the twenty three draft. I mean, shoot, you could even look at Chet Holmgren, who was taken right, in the twenty twenty two draft and is doing his rookie season right. now. And I mean, it's a coin flip between him and Wemby for me. I still stand very strongly that Holmgren will eventually finish that race and oh, yeah. get rookie I, of the year. I, I mean, if I put money on it today, uh, I would do it on on, on Holmgren. I, I'm, I'm fairly confident. In, but in I mean, you you got a lot more people that are invested in that 2022 draft right. class and have and, proven themselves. And it's yeah, like they, uh, like, like like you said, you know, it's not fair to compare 22 and 23 because you know one's in their first year, except for except for Holmgren. Holmgren's in his yeah. I mean for, that, that you can know, go ahead and be your I'll, unless I'm a, well, I'll accept that I'm a, you know we do the Ben Simmons rule because he's already been in the league and training. He's got way way more experience than Donovan Mitchell. So, um, but. Yeah, like I'm. A, I, I think I'm. A, you know, like th- again, if you, if you had to choose between Holmgren and, and Wemby for the rest of the careers, it's it's a lot closer than you would think. A lot closer than than, than I think people would think. And like so, it's going to come down to health. Um, yeah, and so uh, sometimes. So I guess my point, you know, as I ramble on for thirty minutes here, um, <laughs> is that we think we know what the draft classes are going to be like, and you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of smart people, a lot of smart people who've done it, done the analytics, done everything, and sometimes. We're just flat out wrong, <laughs> you know, and so um and you know you, you find draft picks so that's that's one I guess counter to that is that sure, um uh, but you know if 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 you had to choose like there's a chance that you know if you keep the pick this year you might have to give it up next year, and um and, and that's the that's that's the point is like look next year's draft is supposed to be stronger, um you you are saying hey we're gonna take a higher pick in a worse year. And that might be worse than just you know taking the fifteenth or sixteenth pick in a in a in a in a better year. So, um, another thing with it too is that if you convey the pick this year, uh-huh. you no longer have OKC on your back about right. oh I might get your twenty twenty five pick yep. or your twenty twenty six pick or I'm going to take this money from you because I didn't get a pick. So, the fact that you have that lingering and that's not going to allow the front office to be able to move around those assets as needed. So I would much rather have them convey it now, not have Oklahoma City on your back, and then you can go ahead and actually build your roster rather than sitting there and right. being like, "Oh, should we go?" Ahead so and- let's simplify this for the for the the like non like super freaks like that are. <laughs> yeah. So so basically, what we're saying, uh, what you're saying here, um, because the Jazz owe a pick to the Thunder in either this year, the next season, or the 2026 season. Um, you know, the, there's the the steeping rule, right? Mm-hmm. So the Jazz cannot trade. Uh, because the, the pick is tied up with Oklahoma City, they can't actually trade their next own pick till 2028 or or 2026. It gets a little messy because of the pick swaps and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just makes things a little bit harder that they don't have this pick to trade, which, you know, on this podcast, I, I've said before, like, I think the Jazz are amassing a lot of uh, assets because they're looking for a trade. They're they're looking to trade a big fish, and they want more of those chips in the in, in the uh, in the arsenal. Mm-hmm. And by having this pick that goes to OKC, that's just one less chip. Um, and it could be the make or break chip. It could be the it could be a you know since we don't have this asset, the Jazz don't have this asset. They have to go get you know add, add other assets and and overpay a little. So um, so that's that's another good reason. And um, uh, and. That's that's you know I, I think I'm a, so uh, let me read Jay Clouser's tweet um, uh, um, and because he said the same thing he says our other picks and swaps are tied up uh, with other deals until we convey and not just, you know they're generally not very uh, the swaps are not and and this is from McCade Pearson he he met he sorry he references McCade Pearson in this tweet 
uh, maybe just the swaps. McCain says they're not generally very valuable or utilized. It still complicates shit. And he's right. The draft sucks, I guess, in 2024. Um, and yeah, like I'm a, it is. Uh, so this is this is interesting. So, you know, Ken Clayton uh, gets it. So we're all kind of talking about this. Um, and part of the thing is that uh, we're talking about um, the pick swaps in 2026. Because uh, basically, if the Jazz don't convey the Jazz to keep their pick, pretty much have to be a bottom eight team, ten to eight, eight to ten team in the next three years. That means four years of missing the playoffs. Um, so why not do it up front? As a as a Jazz fan, are you like like because because one of the pros, one of, one of the reasons that you don't want to pay, uh, sorry, not the pros, one of the anti convey um, uh, arguments is there's a chance that you don't have to give up this pick, like. You know, 24, 25, like, you could have traded Derek Favors and you could keep that pick. Like, cash considerations, it's just, it's just not that big a deal. Like, oh, yeah, cool, cool. Like, it doesn't convey the, the Thunder get nothing. They don't get second-round picks, nothing. Like, cash considerations, again, Ryan Smith has the money. He, he can pay that cash consideration mm-hmm. uh, with um, uh, just loose change that he has. Um, but uh, the, the, that's the that's that's anti-conveying argument, but... Um, uh, are you, Alma, as a Jazz fan, are, is it worth it for you to miss the, the playoffs four years in a row and get to be a bottom eight team uh, pretty much for the next till 2026? So I'm going to lead that with a question. Okay. Did, did you enjoy the gameplay last season? Uh, last season? Uh, so I, the beginning of the season, I really hated that Jazz season. I, when they were successful. When they were successful. I just, just, just awful. Just I like like this year. I'm I'm actually very chill. You know what happens out there is cool. Last year I thought there was a mission, there was a plan, and they were fucking it up. <laughs> so, um, so did I enjoy it? Um, there are games that I enjoy, like in the moment, watching them steal the ball from the Warriors and being the Warriors. That's kind of kind of fun. Uh, but you know, 20 minutes later, I'm like, my God, that game's gonna that you know. And I, I tweeted out, and I, I know gets it. You know, Justin feels the same way. Like they won games last year, and in the moment, and you know, Logan talks about this time, and I'll bring up Logan's words. He's like, I know that in the long run, this is really bad for the Jazz. But while you're watching the game, it's hard not to enjoy that. So again, a Utah Jazz team that was what. 37 and 45. Mm-hmm. I think that was their record last season. Yeah. A team that was deemed more fun, more exciting to watch, right. didn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So now you have that again <coughs> this year. A team that's more exciting, more right. fun to watch. A team that you can kind of fall in love with because they're underdogs. Right. So now if you go ahead and take that. Oh, no, they're not in the playoffs. It was a good season, though. Uh, yeah. I, I mean... So just like, like even that's a month ago, like the 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 jazz that we see now versus the jazz, because I mean it looked like now it looks like at least the jazz have a direction they're pointing upwards. I think that would be really hard to stomach for a lot of jazz fans missing the past four years. I mean, one of the worst ten teams. Um, that's hard to stomach. Uh, I agree, but I mean you're still getting fans that are going to enjoy those games. But right. if you are anti-convey. Now you don't have that weight on your back. It's like, yes. oh, OKC is controlling I think, one part of the team. And now if, let's say, that you end up not being successful I think the following the, year, now you have a larger, uh, higher-valued pick going forward. Yes. And that is yours. Yes. No one else can take that away yes. from you. I think the, the anti-convey group 
are sort of more of the there's a five-year plan approach, right? They don't care about what's happening this year because they want it to all work out for them in 20, like, like I'm sort of the part of that crowd. Like, whatever happens this year just doesn't seem to affect what I think is going to happen in 2026. Make the playoffs, miss the playoffs, first-round exit. You know, I just don't think this draft team is going to be good enough to win a championship in the next couple of years. So... Um, I think there's I don't know if I agree with it, but I think the argument is, look, would you know for the next three years, would I rather the Jazz have a top ten pick, top eight pick for the next three years, or would I rather have them make the playoffs in one or two of these years, and just lose in the first or second round? Um, you know, my my logical like, hey, the three year plan, it's better to have these top eight picks. Like, just you know, they may not be great, but you know, like, but you said if you can get solid role players. On rookie contracts in the next three years, that's cheap. That that could really set up, set you up for something good. But are you going to want to fill up your roster with guys like a non-playing Kai Jones, um, a Rajon Tucker, and <laughs> uh, uh, Nigel Williams Goss? Right, right. Are, right, are right. you like, wanting to really fill like, up your roster because, with those kind of guys? Because so I, I think what you're saying is that to do that, you can't. The team that's out there right now is too competitive, and that they will be. That the team that the Jazz, the, the way the Jazz are playing right now, will not get you top eight or bottom, bottom eight record in the league the next three years. Correct. Like you need to, and and I I think that point's right because to take you actually have to take like to 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 get a, a bottom eight record you can't just be bad like the Detroit Pistons they're bad this year that's just gonna happen, but you you'll see it in a, in about a month at the trade deadline you'll see the the teams that are like okay here we go. Time to turn the tank on. The Jazz did it last year. The Jazz, mm-hmm. you know, they may they may have done it a little late, but they did it last year. They turned the tank on. At least and, not, openly. not openly. Right. We right. can't we can't pull it out. And then they they just some of <laughs> just just they just tank down. And that's look. Like the Pistons are a bad example because like they're they're kind of be bad. They're they're just that's just how it is. Like they're not trying to tank. They just had some bad bad luck, and they're they're still not like great, but. Um, I mean, if you want to go ahead and take a team that's not uh, trying to tank, but they're just losing games, you can honestly look at Houston. Yeah. Houston, they are playing very competitive basketball, I mean, they, but they, they are just not They started off games. pretty hot. Like, they were yeah. a top 18 for about a month, but... Like, they got some uh, great players on that right. roster. They got some great yeah. young players that are going to go ahead and develop, and they got a coach this that is knows sort how of, to coach. This is sort of the, the Lowry marking and trade, and we're not going to get too far, but, like, the Lowry um, thing is that for the next three or four years, if you're going to miss the playoffs, you probably shouldn't have Larry Markkinen on your team. There's no point in having him if you're not going to make the playoffs. Fair. Because um, why waste his time? Why waste his time? And, like, he, he just he doesn't accomplish the goal of you trying to get a top 8-10 pick. Um, so, yeah, so that, that's that's a really hard – like, again, in the, in the, like, okay, cool. If I if I say I don't think the Jazz are going to win a championship until 2026, they need to start gathering – like, if the goal is 2026 – to get a, a, a you know a championship team on the floor, then they, the Jazz need to take the next couple years, gather more assets and um, build to that to that championship team. But that's hard. That is hard to tell a fan base to tell yourself like like me, someone who really wants to win a championship in twenty twenty six. That's a that's a hard sell for my, my, my myself because like at least I want you know I started the year going I kind of want to see them in the playoffs. I kind of want to see if this team could get there. Um, you know, I, I you know two years ago I was, I was like I I don't care if the Jazz, you know, if they don't make the championship, just blow the team up and they <laughs> second round second round exits boom 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 boom, 
Um, and that got frustrating. Uh, so it's, it's a very thin line you have to walk here about, do you want to suck that badly if you're, you know, the people that, you know, you, you probably have to stop saying I will enjoy basketball for the next three years because you just become apathetic to what happens out there. So, so like, that's, that's where, like, my mindset comes in. Uh, like, once I started covering for the Hive Sports, I was like, I need to watch these games for development. Mm-hmm. I cannot watch this game for let's win this game. Right. <laughs> I want to go ahead and see how these players will develop throughout the season. So if we go ahead and have the guys like Simone Fontecchio or uh, Chris Dunn, Keontae George, Taylor Hendricks, watching those guys develop over time, that is investing me into this team rather than, oh, man, I can't believe they just lost four games in a row. Even in that 50-point blowout, Taylor Hendricks looks really nice. Yeah. So that that's how I'm looking at it. I know n- not a lot of Jazz fans will go ahead and watch these games that way because this franchise has been spoiled with wins upon wins upon wins with zero championships. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, one of the top five winningest organizations mm-hmm. in NBA history, but no championship to show for it. So why not enjoy something that every team in the league has gone through? Mm-hmm. Rather than sitting here almost acting like we're spoiled and like, oh, why can't we win? We need to win. Like, it's it's coming off childish, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, except that this is a league where and teams have their turns. So why not enjoy it while you have it? And even though the losses are going to come, look at how these players are going to go ahead and thrive. I mean, shoot, look at how Bogey and Burks played tonight. They were a part Houdini. of <laughs> like look at how those guys went ahead and played tonight. You had multiple people in the crowd that were still sitting there cheering for those guys, even though they are on a three three win team. Yeah. Uh, there was a guy that was sitting right behind me. Every time Bogey made a shot, he was like, Bogey, we miss you. Like every single time. But uh, that's how attached this fan base is. Right. They are attached to these players. I, so I was, stick to that. I was thinking about the same because like look, Alec Brooks, like I don't, the core four has messed people up so badly. <laughs> like, Alec Brooks has played as equal time outside of Utah than he did in Utah. But and, the fans still love him. And, the fans, and, I, and I was like, Alec Brooks might be the the third, like, is he the worst player of the, of the core four? He might be the worst player of the core four. You know, like, it's, it's, it's either him, maybe Favors. Um, you know, I, I think I'm, I, you know, I, no, I, I would take Alec Brooks over Favors' career. At this point, so yeah, because uh, I mean, as soon as Favors left, I mean, what what did he do for the organization right. yeah. that yeah. he was on? Yeah, so, so just uh, I mean, Alcaraz is a sixteen-ish year, fifteen-ish year vet, somewhere around there. So, um, I mean, uh, so anyway, so just it's just one of those like just weird, like it's just so weird how and I, this is not a knock to Alcaraz, like he's he's a fine player yeah. person. I'm just saying that. In the in the macro, in the like in the macro, he just wasn't that significant to the franchise. Like he's probably very like you know, let's say he's like thirtieth on all, all this like shooting. You know, he like he's not very high. Like he's not he's not Jeff Hornacek. Uh, he's not he's not he's not even to Jeff Hornacek's level is, is what I'm trying to say. And you know, fans still love him. And so so and that's my thing. So going into these right. teams that enjoy the players while you have them. Right. So. And even if that means losing some games, conveying that pick, because, again, I'm very pro-convey. No. By the way, the Jets have to win to convey that pick, though, right? No. Or, yes. 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 The Jets have to win to convey the pick. Losing, they get to keep it. Losing, because it's one yeah, of the top ten protected. Right, yeah. So. so, again, if you're going to go ahead and lose those games, enjoy it while you have right. it. But, yes. again, 
win, win the games where you can. Don't intentionally tank because you think that you can go ahead and figure something out down the road. So I, I um, do something that's certain. Right, right. So I, I do want to say that I, I think the the anti-convey crowd are, are mostly led by uh, McKay Pearson and Utah Jazz Fan 47. Those are like the most people I see talk about it. I had Mark, Mark Whalen, uh, Mark W, whatever his Twitter handle is. Um, and, and look, uh, I, I may not always agree with opinions, but I do like to hear the other side. And I, I hope I got to convey. Because that's how you get good conversation, good rebuttal. Right, right, right. Like, I, I, why, why only talk with people that you like, agree with? Like, hear right. the other side so and that I, you can I, actually form an opinion. I, I was just trying to get opinions so I can, like, have a, a debate. And I think we did that a little bit today. Mm-hmm. Like, we talked about it. There's, there's, I, I, I don't think, I think, I guess I, I'm a little more pro convey. I don't actually. I don't think it really matters too much. Um, but like I, I did, um, I Kent Clayton and and gets it were you know kind of helped start this thread a little bit. His um, Ken was the one that mentioned like like boy like it looks like looks like you have to like lose four times in a, four years in a row and that that's really hard to to swallow as a jazz fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and e- even I like again again someone me who does not think this year matters or even next year really matters for a quote unquote championship contender. Um, and there's a little bit of nuance to that, but I think 2026 is where like it would be smarter to try to have more picks and more assets and stuff to use. Um, you know, like if you ta- if you gave me the choice in a vacuum, like, hey, you would you rather have four top ten picks in a row or four first round exits in a row in a vacuum? I would probably say the four top ten picks. Uh, but in reality, with all the nuance and everything, like you know, that may not be the greatest thing for the, for the franchise. Um, and so, um, uh, uh, you know, people, Team Convey, Jazz, oh, Jazz Bear Girls again, Team Convey, um, uh, Aggie Fan Colton, Convey, get the liability off the books when the cost is low, basic econo- economics, pretty much what you were saying there. Uh, you know, he'd rather have a top uh, 15 pick next year than a 7 or 8 this year. Again, that goes to the, if we really know what drafts are like. I mean, we could be, we could be completely wrong, but we could also be right, so... Um, well, and even something else that you can even look into is how you were saying, like, marketing. Like, if you're going to go ahead and be right. anti-convey, like, you have to get them off this team. But and they are. as as a <laughs> jazz fan, like, are do you really want to get rid of marketing? Do you want to waste his time? Or do you want to go ahead and do something that will make him want to stick around, maybe sign right. an extension? Yeah. So do you think that losing all of those games is going to be very convincing? You're like, oh, if we lose four years in a row, we're going to get <laughs> right. some really good young guys. You want to stick for around some, for For that. some reason, it worked for SGA. I don't, I don't know how they the Thunder – I mean, I, I remember, you know, two years in a row they sat SGA, like, the last couple months of the season with, I mean, he might've been injured, but like, you know, NBA players are pretty tough. Like it wasn't like a broken femur. It was, it was just like, Oh, like soreness, you know, it's what the jazz did last year with uh, Larry and, and mm-hmm. Colin sex and all those guys. And the fact that SJ like signed off on it for just a couple years in a row. Uh, but look, not look at, look at his, look at his roster now, you know, Chet Holmgren's there. Um, uh, you know, they, they've got some other like interesting players, Josh Giddy, uh, all their, all their young pieces are, uh, uh shoot Jalen Williams. And I mean, you can even look at Lou Dort, Lou Dort, yeah, a Lou guy Dort, that right? surprised a lot of people, and now yeah. he got himself a big contract yeah. for his defensive play. And I think that's a, one of the things that convinced SGA to stick around is like, you see the vision that we have here, and you can see what we've done in and, practice and took, in games. That took a long time. It did. Yeah, and and the, and the, and the thing is that the the Oklahoma City, with their treasure trove, with their treasure of assets, they used the picks. They didn't use it to trade for everybody yet, mm-hmm. and that's surprising. And maybe they'll do it now. I don't know. But, uh, so that's my mindset. Like, do you 
convince Markkanen, hey, we're going to lose these games and they'll be better for you? But he's a little bit older. He's 27. Exactly. So are you really going to be able to convince a player because his contract, he's up for negotiation at the end of next season? Oh, next season? Okay, I thought this this season. I thought the extension could be signed this season, but maybe at that point, 28 going on 29, yep. and he's most likely going to look for some sort of max contract. Right, right, right. So right. now investing for a guy to go ahead and be 33, 34, and yeah, telling him, like, oh, you're not going to win any championships a, so, in the prime of your career, but, hey, at least we're going to yeah. go ahead and have and, a couple and, top And that's the Larry conversation that, you know, we sort of had on this one, and now there's more, more details to it. So uh, I think it's interesting, but that's another one. Um, so, like, one one last conversation. Um, oh, yeah, uh, C.P. Hillitz, um, also, uh, uh, oh, he was bringing up the Zach Levine trade. That was actually mm-hmm. different. <laughs> well, what kind of bothers me, and it happens on the podcast, it happens in real life, it happens everywhere, like, especially on Twitter, uh, I, I will ask a question. The question is, like, hey, are you pro or anti-convey, and what are, you know, pros and cons? I, you know, kind of simple. Uh, but then people will hop in, and again, I don't mind them hopping in with this. I just, I, I will just re-ask them the question, and come back to the original question. I don't mind the the off-topic, because mm-hmm. you know there was a couple comments where like, well, you know, we should just trade Olenek to the Thunder um, uh, to get the to get the pick back in our control. And I was like, that's great. That's not the question I'm asking, because you know now now we're going out to some hypothetical trades, trying to get picks back. That's a whole different thing. I well, all I wanted to know was. What are some pros, words, and cons, and that we can talk about it. I don't want to go into, oh, you know what we could do because I'm not the GM. Nobody thinks I'm the GM. I'm actually an awful GM, as I, I've shown on this podcast many, many times. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, I'm not trying to play GM. I like to talk about hypotheticals sometimes. But for the most part, I just want to know, as a fan, do they, do you, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, you know, what are your feelings toward it? And I want to say I want to say 85-ish percent of the people are, Pretty pro convey uh, convey the pick to to the Thunder. Uh, one of the fun things that uh, Ken and uh, uh, Bruno Stars gets it, Justin, my friend here, um, he was saying that um, uh, you know the Thunder are so good, why give them another asset, mm-hmm. right? Um, but then you know Ken was also saying like, hey, they, they may have too many assets. They're like last year they had to sell off one of their picks. Mm. They're, they're at the point where they have too many picks that they don't have. They don't have spots for. They don't have, you know. We're we're seeing with the Jazz like we, you know, our top top ten pick can't get in the rotation because the Jazz don't have room for them, and that happens if you have too many picks. You know, like the Thunder have made really good draft picks. Like it, it wasn't their it wasn't their Durant, Westbrook, um, uh, uh, Harden, uh, Serge Ibaka. You know. Rotation, but you know, with SGA, SGA in Chet Home, they, 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 they've made some pretty good, you know, solid Desmond Bain type level picks with, with mm-hmm. their picks. Um, you know, Jalen Williams is, is really good. Uh, gosh, I feel there's uh, some other team I'm I missing. Mean, well, I will say, like, okay, see, they've been hitting with a lot of their picks. Yeah. I mean, you can even look at like Isaiah Joe, yeah, or yeah. even a guy that they had to let go this year, uh, Jeremiah Earl Robinson, right? Yeah. He, I, uh, summer league legend, right, 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 right. But he's now, I think, sitting on the bench, or if not in the G League for Houston. Yeah. So like, they've found a lot of good players with a lot of the picks that they have. But right. like you said, if you got too many picks, you got to yeah. figure out what to do yeah, with you, all. Because like, you got to just have young guys. You got to have you got to have some older guys in the locker room. Mm-hmm. You got to have good mix and like not now they're and so one of the pros 
is to throw that pick at Oklahoma City. Said, "Hey, here's another asset. Good Figure luck." Figure it out, right? And <laughs> the, I I push back a little bit against that um, uh, thinking because, like, I get it. Like, it's a way to screw over the Thunder by giving another pick. Um, but it's just, it's one of the things that like it may not just the Jazz won't be the main beneficiary of that of that move. And even that trade, it kind of seemed like it was more of a we'll do you a favor by giving us favors. So Right, 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 right. So yeah. like it was more of just like we're gonna go ahead and give you like a fan favorite. He'll go ahead and finish up everything there. Big contract. Thank you for taking that for us. Since we're doing that for you, we're gonna well, go ahead yeah, and give you this yeah, type they, of they, they, like, they, like basically it's a dump favors contract. The Thunder had to Get the pick, but like, I, I was, I'm saying like now, like the pick's gonna convey. Mm-hmm. The, I think the Thunder would have three more picks next year, um, somewhere around there. Yeah, so three more picks, and and it's like, oh, now we have to have net, net, now again. You're, you've already have a, a pretty full rotation. Um, you know, if the Jazz give them, because it won't be a top ten, it'll be another. You know, hopefully like a, a, a mid teens pick if the Jazz make the playoffs. Um, it could be a late lottery pick, which. I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure is that much different. Like, is the 14 pick of the Jazz Mister Playoffs much different than the 18 pick? Um, so it's it's really just depending. Going back to the OKC, what uh-huh. their picks are, they have three first round picks right next year, um, but they have the Clippers pick right, Utah's pick that's top 10 protected right, and Houston's pick that's top four protected. Okay, so they're gonna get they're gonna get Houston's pick. They're gonna get the Clippers pick. And well, Clippers pick is no protection. They, right, right. they got it no matter what. That's what I'm saying. They, then we th- I, it looks like the Rockets are not going to be in the top four again unless they decide to do a real hard tank. Um, uh, and I, I don't think they have the stomach for that again because they, they've done it two years in a row. And so then with OKC, 2025, they have on the docket four picks. They have their own Philadelphia that's top six protected, right. Miami that's lottery protected, and then uh, they have the swap with uh, Houston or Clippers, whichever is the better option. Could be the Clippers. So, <laughs> would, would you want to go ahead and give them a fifth first round pick in twenty twenty five? I mean, so it's a, it's the same it's the same logic. Like they have too many picks. What are mm-hmm. you going to do with it? Um, so, do you want it to be potentially wasted, or potentially giving another competitor another good pick? Because again, like I stated earlier, there's probably a solid. Eight to ten players right. that I think are going to be I mean, somewhat generational talent. E- either or, like the, the you know, so I, I would have said the same thing here because in twenty twenty four, if you give them the pick this year, they have three picks. If you give them the twenty twenty five, they'll have five picks. They just they will have too many picks. They won't know what to do, do with it. So um, they'll just have to keep kicking the can down the line. So I, again, my my pushback against that logic, I guess, is like give it to them now because it'll make it a harder position for them at the draft. Like. Sure, you might make it a little more inconvenient for them, but the Jazz won't be the main beneficiary of, you know, like, hey, you know, uh, somebody else is going to be, you know, the main beneficiary, not the Jazz. Um, you know, I, trying to screw over the Thunder just to screw over the Thunder is, is um, uh, I don't know, not not a, re- a reason. But I understand that it may be, you know, low on the list of reasons, but that is a reason. So. And also, OKC has always been, like, a friendly trade partner for Utah over right. the last handful of years, like, taking guys like Maione. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, like, uh, you want the Thunder to suck. The Thunder are going to be very <laughs> dangerous here soon. Oh, yeah, no. Um, danger is danger. I was in a Dynasty League. Um, I am in a Dynasty League, uh, uh, Contracts League and everything. Uh, I had John, Mar- John Morant two years ago. Uh, I still have John Morant. The guy who had SGA 
wanted to trade straight up jaw for SGA. Jaw was about a year younger. Um, his his rookie contract was about a, you know just I didn't have to pay jaw you know like it just everything was a year younger. He was he was age wise year younger. Didn't have to give him a max con- extension until um uh, after SGA or SGA was going to come up before John Morant's, but now here we are in twenty twenty three going oh boy, that trade could be, that trade could have um, really changed the team. But I was I was trying to compete in twenty. I was I was doing the uphill battle in twenty. Like I didn't uh, have the best team in twenty one. Okay, I, I had like maybe the fourth or fifth best team. I was like, Jaw will get me there because. In twenty twenty in twenty twenty that's the those were the years that SGA took off. Mm-hmm. Like if I had made that trade with and you know, I would have lost those uh, years way more. But if I had thought about in twenty twenty I mean, how was I supposed to know that John Moran was gonna shoot off the deep end, uh, pun intended. <laughs> um and, you know, like change the trajectory of my season, right? So but SGA, you know, still a good player. Um still could be about ten minutes left. Uh, we were gonna do some JC trade scenarios, but you know what? Like it's it's very JC Jordan Clarkson. It's it's he, the fans are bipolar about him. Two weeks ago, oh my god, he, he's he's yelling about being taken out. Get him off the you know get him off the team. You know, train for whatever. Uh, what I thought was really interesting was Bill Simmons' tweet, tweet about after they got uh, after the Knicks got uh, OG. It was like, well, I guess the Knicks' next move is to um, uh, trade uh, uh, some salary filler and. Uh, and a protected first rounder for Jordan Clarkson. And, you know, there's a couple people that we all raised our eyebrows like, that's a very weirdly worded tweet from Bill Simmons to just come out, you know. Well, and even if you look at the the Knicks roster too, there's only one guy on that roster that is considered roster filler, especially with how he worded it. For, Fournier. Fournier, yeah. because yeah. he's going to be at like 19 Ex- million. Yeah, expiring contract. Because so. it's a team option for next right. year on his yep. contract. So the only players that you really could package in with yeah. that is either like Clarkson or Bill Sexton. Simmons is such a, like, like, hey, I'm a tool. You know, if you think I'm a tool, you're right. Bill Simmons He's also paid to do this. Bill Simmons also <laughs> a huge tool, and so like I was, I was like, I was like, okay, Bill, what do you know? Like, what are you, what are you hearing, and why are you wording it that way so you can sound like the smartest guy in the room? Like we're doing a whole yeah, uh, Brian Windhorst. <laughs> yes, type of thing. yeah, right. Ooh, why why would the Jazz do that? Um, <laughs> and so yeah, so he because he doesn't want to talk about it. I get I get it. So uh, yeah, so anyway, the, but you know that's something we can probably save for. I mean his his trade date is January fourth now. Yeah, so uh, he's available. He's available. Um, uh, no, three more days. Ken Clayton had is pointed it, out. Oh, I thought I thought it was the third. Uh, Dan and Clay, Ken Clayton have kind of talked about this on their Twitter. Um, uh, if you don't follow them, follow them. They're they're great. Oh yeah. Um, uh, but um, uh, they said that those websites have the incorrect date. January seventh is oh, actually okay. the right date. Okay. Um, uh, the day after Trump's birthday. Oh, so um, that's one way. Patriot, to remember. Pa- Patriot Day. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, with uh, so Jordan Clarkson, we could probably do that next week. Um, but you know, let's talk about his his triple double real quick. You were there. Yep. Um, look, I, I get it. I do kind of think it's a little silly to, you know, but I also cheer very loudly for free chicken. So kind of is part of the silliness. Being live is cool. I mean, look, the Jazz haven't had a triple double in a long time. Um, it, it's okay to have fun. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I know people are like, oh my god, this is embarrassing. I th- I agree. I think it's a little embarrassing for a team that hasn't had a a championship or you know, anything close to a championship really. Um, to cheer over a triple double streak breaking, but you know what? It's still fun. Basketball's fun. This stuff's fun. Exactly. Like, this is a game. Right. Enjoy the game. Like I, I've been, I, I've been at games where Kelly Olynyk has, got, and I kind of wish Kelly Olynyk had broken it. But uh, as like a, because that would have been a really fun trivia question. Like, oh yeah, Olynyk was on the Jazz. Um, 
but yeah, like I'm a, it was, it, I watched it. I didn't get to watch it live, but you know, seeing it, all the reactions, it's a really fun thing to happen. It's okay to have a little fun, I think. And that's one thing that I really enjoyed while I was at the game is that a lot of the people that were sitting around me were jumping for joy. They were hugging each other. I went ahead and saw a grown man break down in tears <laughs> because Jordan Clarkson got this triple-double because this is Utah's team. Like, yep. Granted, there's a lot of other like semi-professional teams and college teams, but all of Utah gets together for the Utah Jazz. And right. this, this is a generational thing. There's people that are like, I bonded with my parents because of the Jazz. So the fact that you have a 15-year gap since the previous one. There was even some fans that I was hearing, they're like, I'm so glad I got to witness this, or I can't believe this happened. Right. So just being able to almost twist things. I even, uh, coming out of the Delta Center, I overheard a family talking about it was their first game ever going right. as a family. Yeah. And there were kids that were like five, six years old, and dad sitting there telling the kids like, oh, I remember when I was there for <laughs> Boozer's triple-double. Yeah. I mean, Mark, Mark, Mark from the twos and threes. Talks about how I'm, uh, I mean, he's he's not from Utah. Um, well, he's, he's he's not he doesn't live in Utah. I should say. Uh, he talks about how his daughter wasn't even born yet uh, when the last time the Jazz had a triple double, and now she got to be at the game uh, watching um, uh, Clarkson's triple double. So now this is a core memory. Yeah, so, so even it's... though it's like something silly, like even like Luka Doncic, he was laughing on the bench <laughs> right. when it happened Luka's because like, he gets one like every yeah, other Luka, game. Yeah, Luka's like a. Um, uh, but what the hell? Like this is like a, this is a Tuesday for me, guys. Yeah. So, but now you have an organization where like this doesn't come around as often. So yeah. let's let's go ahead and celebrate right. it. We celebrate free Chick Fil A. Look, look, so. I, we do. I like I wanted Joe Ingles to break it uh, a couple years ago. Uh, he refused to come back in. I think is uh, the story there, right? Like he uh, said, he doesn't play that way. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think it, uh, somebody went ahead and put the video out on Twitter, and it was like Joe was like, "Oh, let me let me go back or something." Oh, really? Yeah. And Quinn was like, "No rest." Oh, okay. So wow. it was uh, so maybe anti Quinn. Oh. Oh, anti uh, <laughs> more anti Quinn stuff. Um, oh, interesting. Because after the, the quote after was, I don't play that way. But interesting. I mean, the video yeah. made it look more like Quinn was like, no, sit on the bench. Which is, but... you know, that sounds like Quinn. Uh, Will Hardy, <laughs> Will Hardy, it, the video of Will Hardy oh. telling Clarkson, get your rebounds so I can sit your ass down. <laughs> you know? But at the same time, like a lot of people will go ahead and knock the triple double because he was fishing for that final right. rebound. But at the same time, let, let the fans right. enjoy the game because yeah. again, it is a it, game. It, it was something it. that was in, on on Jazz fans' backs for a while. So, um, look, it will happen. Uh, I, but look, most of the, most of the other stats, like you know, again, this is from the same fan base fan, fan base that would yell at Russell Westbrook because he hunted uh, triple doubles all the time. But whatever, right? But at so. the same time, if anyone were to get the triple double, I think Jordan Clarkson is the right guy because he, he's the tenured guy. He's someone that yeah, a majority of fans will go ahead and say that they loved or watched his progression. I really wanted somebody, I wanted TH, I wanted somebody super random to get it, THT. To be honest, I wanted Chris Dunn to get it. Chris Dunn, Chris that, Dunn that's who I wanted respect. to get it I mean, out the, of all people. That guy, Calvin Chapel, put out that list of like mm-hmm. guys, Millsap, Darren Williams, Donovan Howard, Rudy had it a couple times. Uh, Lennox had it five times. It, it was uh, with a, a stat or two away from from getting a triple double, so I would be mad if THT got it. To be honest, that's that's my personal opinion. <laughs> I, I mean, again, like, hey, it's just I, I just want some randomness in there. So, <laughs> um, so before we go, um, Al, we didn't actually get to do this last time. It's been a long time since I've had somebody else that like I haven't talked to. Uh, look, like you have kind of a fun story. You're not from Utah. Mm-hmm. You, you're 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 a Florida native, even though you do look like you do look like weird Al, Al Yankovic from the Amish Paradise video. You got that you got that beard going there. Um, uh, so Alma, um, 
Like, like, how did you become a Utah Jazz fan? Like, I mean, so my mother, she's originally from here. She went okay. to West High, right? Like, oh, she yeah, grew right, up in yeah, Rose Park. Street. So she is from here, born and raised, and she wow. is one hundred percent all about Utah Jazz. And she always joked to go ahead and give you guys my age. She told me that the ninety six ninety seven finals almost made me a premature baby because of how much stress it put her through. <laughs> so the fact that I was raised that way. My mom would always try and find ways to have me watch jazz games and uh, even going through, like, middle school and stuff, having my own, like, Carlos Boozer jersey. That was hard before League Pass. And, oh, yeah. And so people were, like, Utah. And to be honest, got embarrassed about it a little bit. Even awkwardly That's bought a, a uh, Richard Lewis Orlando oh, Magic gotcha. jersey in the progress. Uh, uh, but, I mean... Over time, I just really was like, that is the team that my mom raised me on. I, I want to go ahead and support this team. So as I went along, just it kind of was like the odd man out. Yeah. So I'm not going to go ahead and be a Miami Heat fan because that was when LeBron went ahead and came into Miami. Right, I'm not right, trying right. to be a bandwagon. I'm going to stick to the team that my mom told me that I was definitely like a diehard fan for. Right. So now that... You are born. You are born in purple, purple mountain jerseys. And, and you can even ask my mother if you somehow find a way to do that. Like yeah. she would, we'll Mrs. Beaton. She would go ahead and uh, put on the jazz games, and I am yelling and screaming yeah. at the TV. Yeah. But once I went ahead and told myself, like, I want to go ahead and pursue journalism, and I want to go ahead and report basketball, I started changing my mindset. And I'm like, you know uh-huh. what? Let me go ahead and try and get both sides. Because that's, that's, that's not what you went to school for originally. No. So you were you were a, uh, a music, music man. Yes, I was. I went to uh, a small – I went to a small private uh, liberal arts college called uh, Jacksonville University. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, shoot, my classes were maybe – 12 to 15 people deep and went there for uh, music uh, and a focus in vocal performance and uh, had a minor in education, was teaching middle school uh, music theory for a little while. And just sports has always been a thing for me. A handful of buddies of I, and I, we went ahead and gathered in his bedroom. We uh, went ahead and got this little foldable table, set up a laptop and a microphone, and yeah. we pretty there much did an uncensored sports center. And we called it the right. unpaid break because it was – we would put it out around the lunchtime, okay. and it was about an hour long, so it's your yeah. unpaid break. Yeah. So after doing something like that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and figure it out. And my mom always talked about how beautiful it was in Utah and – so I applied to the University of Utah and managed to get in, got into their communications program, and I've met some amazing people along the way, whether it's Andy Larson, Craig Bowlerjack, Bill Riley, and then even yourself that's helping me out along the way now, yeah. all because I decided to take a leap of faith and just change my entire trajectory right. of my life and just go somewhere that I'm not used to. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's like Florida to Utah is, is, is different. Like yeah. our own Miss Utah, USA, uh, Mary Lou's cook also from um, uh, the, the Florida. And like she came to, and I talked to her and I think she mentioned something on the podcast, how she came to Utah without not really knowing, do the same thing. She was like, okay, but this is where my job's taking me. Cause she was a criminal defense uh, major. Interesting. Okay. And, and she came to Utah. She started communications and same thing. She fell in love with the state. And now she, she feels like she's more of a Utah. She, she's at least dual citizenship Utah and Florida. So. And I mean, I've been told that I, I fit the, the look <laughs> with the shaved head, big beard. Um, and even my name, Alma, has Alma's the Utah right, connection right, too. Right, so so uh, like, I, I feel that it's it's a really nice place. It's definitely somewhere like 
especially if I'm going to like settle down. I'm, yeah. I'm definitely like a family guy, but don't have the family to it. So right, right, right. As I've been yeah. living here, young. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> 26, nice and ripe. Yep. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's just a big thing that I've noticed since I've moved here is that people are just so nice and so willing to allow their families to just kind of cope together. And right. even Fontecchio has said this himself with the family that he's had here. He's been able to just be welcomed by right. surrounding families that he loves it here. And, that, and that's, saying, you know, like that's uh, that, that, that's like the Utah connection is really great. So that's, that's really cool. I'm glad that, you know, like, it was a full, like we got done with our episode last time, like two or mm-hmm. three weeks ago. And um, I, was, I was like, man, that's, that's really interesting. Like you were a competitive swimmer. Yep. Um, uh, and if you, you looked know. at me now, you'd have no idea. <laughs> yeah, 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 you had it. You had an injury. You had to give it, a, give, give that up. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're like a, a music. Th- I, I was like, oh wow, music theory. Like that's like not an everyday, um, uh, you know, uh, degree that you hear from yeah, people. One of my professors, uh, yeah. Doctor Huh, he went ahead and said that if you ever want to put your money into something that's guaranteed, get a music theory degree because it's all <laughs> written in the books. You right. just got to memorize it. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's it's funny because like I invited you to come. Uh, oh yeah, like, he's a good jazz fan. I, I like talking to just like jazz fans and getting different perspectives and stuff. Um, especially because, like, I'm, I'm sort of, I don't know, what kind of, I'm pessimistic is what I say, but it's not quite pessimistic. But it's always good to talk to people who really enjoy the game. Now, it's because I'm in the media, part mm-hmm. of it, and part of it is because my soul's gone. <laughs> um, but it, it was just really funny because, you know, you came into where I work, and, you know, if, if you listen, you, you kind of know I work for, like, a, a media station here in Utah. And that's when you're like, I'm like, can I just kind of hang out for a minute? Because like, I I really enjoy this stuff. Like, I was like, oh, well, that's serendipitous. Yeah, let me show you around. And then you know, you met you met my my anchor f- friend, and he was like, hey, I think this is you know, and you know, we got the ball rolling. And so it's kind of it's kind of this this weird thing how you know one innocuous you know invite to a podcast has turned into like, okay, cool, like you know, there's balls rolling and. Thing, you know, things are in the air, and uh, it looks pretty good. And so, I, and you know, you're not you're not currently a U student, but you're still you're still you know uh, um, getting your degree in communications. Yeah, I had to branch off a little bit, so just some right. behind the scenes stuff yeah. didn't happen. Inside, so now it, I'm going to the community yeah. college. And it, I mean, inside degree's baseball, degree. <laughs> degree's degree. And so, um, yeah, that's what was really cool. So um, again, uh, and so you know, it, it's funny because like you're starting off as. A blogger. I don't. I don't use that in a derogatory way, but you. You know, it's what I'm doing. Like this mm-hmm. podcast. Just I wanted to talk to people about jazz, so mm-hmm. started it. It's. I, I don't want to even say it's semi successful. It's semi something. <laughs> it's out there. It's, it's a podcast that's been on for four years. I'll, I'll say that. So it's you better know, than most. Yeah, yeah. We made it past. We made it past the one year mark, which is which is pretty good. Um, and you know, again, just you know, you have to learn how to do it, and you, you're self taught. Same thing, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, to go from like people. Are sometimes just happy with like blogging or just doing their own stuff. Uh, you want to like, I want to be more. And that's, I thought that's pretty cool. Like, like cool. I, I don't want to just be a blogger. I want to be. I want to be a guy that learns how to do journalism and get into a business that not, is not always friendly. But and, uh, and like, don't get me wrong. Like, there's some days where I'm like, oh, I really don't want to write about this. Especially like the night where the Jazz lost by 50. I'm like, okay, how am oof. I really going to twist this to be like, oh, you really should read the rest of this article. Oh. But I mean. Like, it's just something that I can go ahead and just talk about. And right. sports is just like a larger community yes. where you can go ahead and yeah. make friends with anybody. Like, and my mom always joked around that I was a walking, talking sports <laughs> almanac. Every Christmas, I went ahead and got the Sports Illustrated Sports Almanac, and that was like my big gift. So, like, that was just what I did that 
that's I was going to say, niche. I was like, well, your mom's really nice to you. She always got you the swims, uh, the swimsuit edition of Sports Illustrated. <laughs> so when we had the subscription, she always made sure that she marked the box that I didn't get that issue. Ah, uh, gotcha. True <laughs> I was story. Like, I was like, she was just what like, a, no, my son what a, will not be looking at this. What a cool mom getting getting the Sports Illustrated <laughs> swimsuit edition. Uh, but yeah, so I think that's a good night to end on. Alma, you know, like well, we're going to have you back regu- regularly here. Um, uh, cause you know, maybe we'll be working the same base. Who knows? That'd be nice. We'll see. Uh, good luck in, you know, the stuff that you got going on tomorrow. Uh, yeah. again, go, go for the high sports, uh, the h- highlighter highlights go, um, uh, not just download this episode, do this for both of us. Um, uh, you know, subscribe to our episodes, write five star review. Five star reviews are what really drive the algorithms in, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts and, and, and all the other podcast catchers. So five star reviews, you know, you haven't, even if you've written one already, it's been a couple of years. Write, write another one. Um, it just helps the algorithm. Uh, that's a little favor for you to us to talk about, you know, some suit ladies um, uh, is what we do here. Uh, Alma, at Alma Bean 23. Mm, yes, sir. Which is, I, I wasn't quite sure if Bean was your last name. Yep. And, Mr. Bean, uh, that's that's how I was addressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, my co- my colleagues, they were always laughing because yeah. none of the kids knew who Mr. Bean was. <laughs> right. But then they were like, oh, Mr. Bean, can you do this for me? And yeah. there was one teacher in particular, every time she would always be in the hallway when I was like reprimanding <laughs> a student, and she was just like, Mr. Bean. Yeah. Tr- trust me. My name is who? Like, it happens all the time. Who said that? <laughs> like, I haven't heard that before. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, but uh, yeah. So I'm gonna go for Alma Bean. It was fun because you know when my boss is like, "Oh, his application was Alma Bean." And I was like, "I was like, yes, that's kind of that, that sounds yeah, right. That sounds I right. think so, I've said that once." Yep, Alma Bean twenty three. I'm on the Twitterverse again. You can follow me at Who Transform as H U T R N Superman, uh, and I'm uh, at Jazz High Notes number two. And um, uh, for all you future parents out there, you know, if um, uh, you mark off from. Um, uh, me not getting the swimsuit edition, I'll I'll find a way to get it. <laughs> Just you know, as a twelve year old, I found a way to get it. All right, folks, um, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next time.